Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Institute of Drafting, the main source for all your news on prospects in the draft, where we track top prospects and then analyze rookies as we watch how they develop throughout the season. My name is Miles Blomquist, and I am once again your draft professor for the next hour. On today's comeback episode, I'll be going over all the draft rumors swirling around with less than a week before draft day. I'll break down some possible trades and even do a little bit of mock drafting, so let's not waste any time. Without further ado, let's jump into today's lesson. So the first thing I want to go over are sort of these rumors swirling around uh, the draft. Uh, we got a lot here, um, especially some things that a lot of people probably weren't picturing and uh i saw something earlier today i think it was from ian rapaport and he said that he had talked to a gm i believe and uh apparently that all your the mock drafts you're seeing all the grades you've seen throw it out the window because the mock drafts and the grades there aren't telling the story that's going to happen next week so i think that's very interesting to see that means we're gonna get a lot of surprises which i think we probably expected with the uh, sort of virtual approach to the NFL draft this year because of COVID-19, obviously. Um, speaking of which, it's great to have some huge sporting event going on, uh, especially something like the future of your teams with the draft. Uh, obviously, this is the Institute of Drafting, so I am beyond stoked that the draft is less than a week away. It's like fucking Christmas to me, I swear to God. So I am super hyped that the draft is coming up right away. And, uh, God, I just can't stop talking about it. But let's dive into some of these rumors. Maybe we can dissect some of those unexpected picks that could happen that Rappaport alluded to. And the first one I want to jump into is the Browns. And apparently they're very high on offensive tackle Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State. This is interesting. Not because Ezra Cleveland is necessarily not a first-round guy. I have a early round two grade on him in terms of where I think he'll go. I think he could, I think he's sort of right on the edge right there of the first round, early second round. Um, he's definitely a part of a great offensive tackle class, and he's one of the reasons it's so great. But the interesting thing here is, is that the Browns could grab a guy like Andrew Thomas, a guy like Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, Mackie Becton. All four, or at least three of those guys, could be available at 10, depending on how that rest of the top 10 shakes out, which is interesting, because if they're high on a guy like Ezra Cleveland, what if they're still at 10 when draft day comes around? And obviously, paired with this, the Browns have been rumored to trade back in the draft, which we'll get into after when we start talking about trades and stuff. Um, but what if they don't? What if they stay at 10? The big thing about the draft and the motto of the first round is always go for the best guy available. I truly don't believe in that. I mean, you could think about all the great prospects that come out, but look at teams that go for fit or need. I think the first thing I think about is the Dallas Cowboys with their offensive line. Sure, in some, in some of those cases, they did grab the best player available, like when they got Tyron Smith. But some of those other guys, like Zach Martin... Travis Frederick, those were not the best players available, at least in terms of when you go back to that draft and you're looking at, at the knowledge they had then. So they go and build up this massive O-line, and then they have one of the best offensive lines of the decade. That, to me, shows why looking at need and fit is more important than looking at best player overall. Of course, if you're in the position to take a lot of, di or you could go at a different position 
like let's say the Redskins, they could probably draft at 15 different positions, get the best play overall, and it will work out well for them, and they get a franchise guy at that spot. Um, obviously, that's not really going to happen this year because of Chase Young. But I'm just saying, in that scenario, they have lots of needs. They can probably go for whoever the hell is at the top of the board and get a great guy. When you get into those middle picks, or even towards the end of the first round, there's not a lot of needs. Because you got to think, these are teams that are pretty complete. They have most of their needs addressed, or they are to they don't need necessarily a lot of talent at a certain position. So that's why I believe in need and fit over best player overall even if it is at 15th overall and somehow Jerry Judy's still there and you're the Atlanta Falcons and you sure you could take a third wide receiver but even then you got to go for need and fit and I know that was a terrible analogy because A the Falcons drafted 16th and B Judy's going to be gone before 15th but it's just an example so uh, that's that's the reason why I think that if the Browns stayed at 10 they could probably still draft Ezra Cleveland if they fail to select a or to get a trade going, I totally could see them taking Ezra Cleveland at 10 still. I think it's a huge possibility. But I think that in the end, they'll be able to execute a trade and get out of that 10th spot because of how much interest is there in those top 10 guys. So, uh, but then again, if they don't, it's interesting that they'll be taking Ezra Cleveland before they take any of those other guys. And that could really, really shake up the draft, and that's always my favorite thing. We're going to move on to another rumor here. We're going to talk about my Atlanta Falcons. And it's looking like they've got their mindset on five different guys. And we saw that Ian Rappaport uh, tweet where he said that they're poised to jump up in the draft. They've only been talking to guys that are expected to be long gone by 16. So they've compiled a list of five guys of who they probably are going to be looking at. Number one, Isaiah Simmons, linebacker from Clemson. Number two, cornerback Jeff Okuda out of Ohio State. Number three, Derek Brown, def the defensive lineman from Auburn. Number four, Javon Kinlaw, the defensive lineman from South Carolina. And five, CJ Henderson, corner out of Florida. Now, that's not necessarily like in list of importance, just that's the list they got right now. Kinlaw and Henderson haven't talked about uh, going to Atlanta pretty much since the season ended. I think, especially Kinlaw, I think Kinlaw was really the first name that popped up. Then sort of the last few weeks, CJ Henderson's gained a lot of steam. But all of a sudden, now you see the Falcons talking to guys like Simmons and Okuda. That means that they're probably looking at jumping up into that top five area. We know Detroit wants to trade back from three. We know from long ago that the Giants were interested in trading out of four. You could think maybe the Cardinals want to trade out at eight because they're interested in Derek Brown, and Derek Brown could be gone by then. We've heard rumors of them talking to the Jaguars. In fact, that's kind of straight from Thomas Dimitros Mouse. I mean, he didn't say that they were talking to the Jaguars, but he said, for instance, if we were talking to the Jaguars at nine or something along those lines, um, we've heard rumors of them talking to the Jets at 11. Uh, I mean, we just talked about the Browns wanting to move back, so clearly they could probably be talking to them at 10. The Falcons are going to jump up in this draft, guaranteed. You don't interview top 10 guys and while you're at 16 if you're not about to make a move. The thing that worries me, and especially as a Falcons fan, is what if they give up too much to jump into the spots because they've seemed pretty desperate for one of those guys. 
I hope that's they. I hope they don't overpay for one of those picks unless it's maybe like a third, the third pick or the fourth pick. Because you get Simmons or Okuda, I would ship the whole fucking draft for one of those guys. Not literally, but I'm saying that's how damn good they are. So it's gonna be interesting to see where in that top ten, top eleven range they trade into, and that wherever they trade into, that will obviously influence who they're gonna select. I don't. I feel like a trade won't be done until draft day. I think we'll see Atlanta jump up during the draft once it started, uh, but they'll definitely have one of those trades in place before the draft starts, and we're gonna get a lot more rumors about that. So that's the guys who Atlanta's looking at right now. Uh, very interesting. Two corners, two defensive linemen, and a sort of utility linebacker. Um, I think that that's definitely what Atlanta needs to go with. I personally think they need to go corner. I don't. I'm not super, super high on CJ Henderson like a lot of people are. I think he's a great player. I think he'll, I obviously hope that every guy that gets drafted is a, a future starter, which I mean, guess to some extent probably isn't that, isn't really possible, but you always want the best for these guys, uh, especially when they're drafted. So I, I like Henderson. I hope he's a next level guy. I just don't think he'll be the best on Atlanta. I think he'll be his best self somewhere else. Javon Kinlaw, I would love to see Kinlaw. I'd love to see Derek Brown. The only thing is, is you know, Grady Jarrett is one of the best defensive tackles in the league. They have Tyler Davison, who, I mean, by no means is a freaking Pro Bowl guy, but he had a pretty damn good season. Not necessarily special, but certainly serviceable. They cut Desmond Trufant. They lose Devondre Campbell. They have Deion Jones is pretty much the only reliable linebacker. And their top corner right now is either Kendall Sheffield or Isaiah Oliver. So for me, you got to go for Isaiah Simmons or you got to go for Jeff Okuda. You have no option there. Uh, they got to go for one of those top guys. I mean, they need to secure their future player at that spot for the next how many years. Anyways, we're going to jump down to Philadelphia, who is looking at the top wide receivers in this class. And I think that's interesting because... I mean, we know Philadelphia had a huge wide receiver problem this year. Um, you got to think that Aglahor was banged up and couldn't catch wide open passes. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey was banged up all year and hasn't really been himself. Deshaun Jackson was hyped up when he came home, but I mean, once again, injured pretty much all season. J.J. Arcadio-Whiteside, who was their second round pick, didn't really have an amazing rookie season, but, I mean, you can't really blame him. If you look at it, the best wide receiver on that season was Greg Ward for, like, those couple games. Don't take that literally, because I don't think that's true, but that's just how bad the situation was. You could look at it like that. So it's not a surprise to me that they are looking at the top wide receivers in this class, and obviously we're going to talk about this a little more when we get into the trades, but that means that you got to look at around 10, 11, 12, probably not 13, because I don't think the 49ers would trade into a spot just to trade out, but definitely within that 12, 11, 10 range. Be hard to convince the uh, Raiders to trade back, but, I mean, we know the Jets might not want to be at 11. We know that uh, the Browns might want to trade back now. I think Philly to 10 looks pretty reasonable. Um I think that the Browns could trade all the way back to 21, get quite a few picks, because jumping up 11 spots, you're going to get a lot for that. That's a big payday for Cleveland if they can pull that off. Um, even Jacksonville at 9, Philadelphia can jump up there. 
and then they'll have their pick of pretty much any receiver if they jump up to nine. So definitely something to look out for. Philadelphia probably going to be on the move up. They like to trade up. We've seen it before. Um, it's time to get Carson Wentz an elite weapon. It's it's taken too long. Next thing we're going to move on to is Tua Tagovailoa. Very interesting story. Uh, I've heard a lot of mixed things. I've heard, obviously, we've seen all the injury reports come out, how he's failed multiple teams' physicals. Um, but we've also seen a couple teams come out and be like, Tua is surefire the second-best quarterback in this class over Herbert. Uh, another thing that came out was that Miami was trying to rush Tua uh, to do a quick like player or person person to person interview before the travel bans came in before the NFL said no more interviews face to face. So that's interesting that Miami was Miami was desperate to get him in, but you never know. Maybe it was just they had it scheduled. They know it was about to close. They wanted to get him in. They wanted to talk to him, evaluate their options that way. So I don't necessarily see that as like oh they wanted Tua so badly. I think when you put the words they rushed it, they were desperately trying to get it done. That makes it seem like that they were really really high on grabbing Tua. Don't I don't believe that. So. I think that's just because they had the interview. He's one of their top guys. They wanted to get, they wanted to talk to him. They messed out on it. That's all. If he does fall, where does he fall to? I think that Jacksonville at nine is an interesting spot because Jacksonville is probably going to miss out on the guys they want at nine. But if Tua does actually fall, he would be a great pickup in Jacksonville because you make Minshew compete. Or you make Tua compete. You're going to get the best out of both of them. And worst case scenario, you have to trade one. Jacksonville's wasted too much time trying to find their franchise QB. They got to force one of these guys to prove who's best. To prove that they can fight under pressure. So Tua can prove that he's durable enough to play a full career. Minshew to show that he's not mediocre Minshew. That he can actually be a solid starter in the league. I think that's an interesting spot for Tua Tagovailoa at 9 to Jacksonville. Other spots, maybe Carolina at 7. I think that would be a, a huge, huge surprise. I don't think it would happen, though. I think that's like a – just a uh, that would shock me. But when I think of it, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater isn't 100% proven. And you know what? They might miss out on Derek Brown. They might miss out on Isaiah Simmons there. So you never know. I don't – I can't see – to a falling out of the top 10, quite honestly. So the latest he goes is Jacksonville at 9. But if he does fall out of the top 10, oh my god, that really shakes up the draft. That would be crazy. So that's something to keep your eye on. But I think two is probably pretty safe to go 5 or 6 at the very latest 9. So in that top 10 range still, he'll be fine. But we're going to talk about another quarterback who has been rumored to be jumping up draft boards. And with Tua's uncertainty, Jordan Love's really benefited from this because he's looking at possibly going sixth overall to the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, I have been concerned about this jump. I don't see why you would take Jordan Love over Tua. It doesn't make sense to me because Jordan Love has a lot of unproven qualities, especially as a guy who played at Utah State. And I'm not trying to rag on him too much because I, um, ironically enough, I love Love, right? Um, I think that he is going to be a New England Patriot, first and foremost. I don't think he should be a top 10 guy. I hope he proves me wrong. Like I say, I want 
all if I doubt anything, I want to be proven wrong, just because I think that every player should be trying to play to their best. But right now, I don't see Jordan Love being a top 10 guy. I don't see him going over Tua. But if he does, that's interesting, because that means that Tua is going to fall, because I'm going to assume that Herbert's going 5th to the Jaguars. But what if Tua goes fifth, or not sorry, to the Jaguars, to the Dolphins. What if Tua goes to the Dolphins, and then they take Jordan Love at six, the Los Angeles Chargers? Then Herbert falls. Where does he fall to? <laughs> Once again, probably ninth at, uh, with the Jaguars. But, I, I mean, I don't know. it. The Chargers are certainly in a position to shake up the draft if they do that. Uh, even if they pass on a quarterback, if, and if they are actually set on using Tyrod Taylor. Like, I don't believe that Tyrod Taylor has shown that he has had maybe one good season and that's it. Like, I, I, I don't see Tyrod Taylor being a franchise QB by any means. Um, it's certainly interesting to see where the Chargers can go. They might even trade up. If they trade up, they're going for Herbert. Um, I, obviously, I don't think they should trade up and grab Jordan Love. That would be stupid. Uh, but I guess we'll see. If the Chargers stay at six, anything can happen. Let's jump up another pick, though. Let's look at number five and talk about Miami. And I wish I had the tweet in front of me, but I, I closed the thing right before I started this. But apparently, it wouldn't be a surprise if Miami took a position player at fifth. Now, you might be asking yourself, what player would they be looking at fifth? Well, maybe Isaiah Simmons. But then you got to think they have Jerome Baker and Raekwon McMillan as their middle linebackers. And again, Isaiah Simmons could be an outside linebacker. He could be a safety. Uh, hell, he could be an edge rusher, probably. So it's interesting to see if they grab someone like that. Maybe Derek Brown to go on that D-line with Christian Wilkins. Um, a wide receiver, maybe, to pair up and give... Uh, maybe they go draft a quarterback later. If Miami doesn't go quarterback at five, I will be shocked. I will be totally shocked, and I, I don't know how someone could be so comfortable saying that Miami isn't going after a quarterback. There's no way they don't take a quarterback, right? Right? There's not a chance in hell that they don't go quarterback at five. They don't. Now this draft really, really shakes up. The draft really starts at three, and you got to think that maybe the Lions are looking to trade out. I mean, you look at the early rumors. They said they were looking at trading back to either five or six. What if Miami trades up and they go after like a Jeff Okuda or an Isaiah Simmons? Now all of a sudden Detroit's in a position to take a quarterback. There's so much movement that could happen in that three to nine range that will really set how the rest of the draft shakes out. And I don't mean just in the first round. I'm talking second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and seventh. It's gonna be a huge I think everyone's I think there's gonna be a huge surprise that happens in that three to nine range. One something no one's expecting. Like last year when we had Cleveland Farrell go fourth overall. One of the dumbest moves the Raiders could have made, but like it happens. Guys like the or teams like to shake up the draft because they've they've they're set on a guy that we don't know about and all of a sudden you know what? The the more I talk about it, the more I think that Tua could go fifth or uh the Miami might not go to a or Herbert at fifth, especially if they look to trade up. I could totally see them going after Okuda or Simmons. It's it seems so out of this world, but they have two other first round picks. They can grab Jordan Love at eighteen probably. If not, they have a high enough second round pick that they can grab shit Jalen Hurts, Jacob Eason. 
even if they fall in a third round and maybe believe in someone like Jake Fromm. Like, I don't know. I think Miami has a, has enough power here to really change up this draft. Um, but that's going to do it for the rumors segment. We're going to move on and talk about trades. And whew, we're going to have a lot of trading in this draft, I think. First things first, let's talk about a player. Let's talk about Jamal Adams. He is not going to attend the Jets' virtual offseason and apparently the Jets don't want to extend him. We've had we've seen some of this animosity between Jamal Adams and the Jets. I mean, they were fielding offers for him at the trade deadline, so clearly they're not all that interested in keeping him around for too long. For me, I have three possible spots that Jamal Adams could end up if he gets traded at the draft, which is, once again, a rumor swirling around. Dallas at 17. We knew Dallas was interested in Jamal Adams at the trade deadline. Now they're in a position where the Jets could probably acquire another first-round pick at 17. I mean, I think that Dallas could would probably offer up their first-round pick in exchange for a guy like Adams, and the Jets would do that in a heartbeat. Why would you not pass? Why would you pass up on that for a guy you're not going to keep? The 17th overall pick, that's pretty damn high. Even though you took Jamal Adams, what sixth or fourth or fifth overall? Like, he, if you get the 17th overall pick for a guy you're not keeping, then that's a win. Uh, the other spot I have is Jacksonville at either 9 or 20. I don't really, I think if the Jacksonville gives up 9, the Jets are probably going to have a throw another pick in there. Maybe like a 4th or a 3rd or 5th, maybe something along those lines. Uh, but 20th is probably the spot that they give up and uh, send to the Jets if they're looking to grab Jamal Adams. They've tried getting a star safety for so long. I mean, I think even when Jalen Ramsey was first drafted, he played a couple games at safety. Obviously, he fit much better as their shutdown corner. Deshaun Gibson didn't really work out. Barry Church didn't really work out. But now they've got a guy like Ronnie Harrison, who's starting to develop into a really good prospect. Um, I like Ronnie Harrison. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to explode this year and take the, take the defensive lovers of this league by surprise um if it can t- pair him up with jamal adams then the jaguars have a fairly scary secondary essentially that means they're trading jalen ramsey for a first round pick next year and jamal adams i mean shit that's pretty damn good if they're able to pull that off so i'd say look at jacksonville at 20th to acquire jamal adams like at dallas at 17 to acquire jamal adams another wild card We've talked about them already. The Miami Dolphins. They have picks 5, 18, and 26. You look at 18 and you look at 26, those are the possible spots that you could see Miami giving up to the Jets in exchange for Jamal Adams. I don't think that that will happen, but I just put this in here because Miami looks like this huge wild card team right now where they could pretty much do anything with all the draft capital they have. So it would be really interesting if Miami went out and grabbed Jamal Adams after they signed Byron Jones. Now they've got these athletic freaks in their secondary, and they have Xavier Howard, and they will still have two more first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a third-rounder. So, I mean, Miami could vastly improve that defense in in a snap of the fingers. Those are the possible landing spots for Jamal Adams. We're going to move down to, once again, talking about my Atlanta Falcons. And like we mentioned before, they're looking at Isaiah Simmons, Jeff Okuda, D. 
Derek Brown, Javon Kinlaw, and CJ Henderson. So I have four spots Atlanta could trade up to. Number three, or they could trade up to number three with the Lions. The Lions are looking to move back. We don't know how far they're looking to move back, but if you're looking at guys like Isaiah Simmons and Jeff Okuda and the Lions are looking to move back, they got to be one of the first teams you're calling because those are that's you could for sure get one or the other. And you get your pick. Whereas if you trade up with the Giants at four, you're probably getting one or the other, whoever Detroit takes or whoever trades up to third. So they should probably look at pick number three more. So that way they get to make their pick there. And they don't have to just settle for whoever the other team doesn't take. We also mentioned this before. The Jaguars at nine. I mean, Dimitrov alluded to that he had been talking to the Jags about trading up for the ninth pick. If they go there, that's interesting because I don't think Derek Brown will be there. I don't Obviously, I don't think Isaiah Simmons will be there. I don't think Jeff Okuda will be there. I think trade up to ninth for a guy like Kinlaw or Henderson's a little bit too much. I don't think they should trade up to ninth. I think they should look at 10 or 11 with Cleveland and the Jets, which is like a similar scenario to the 3 and 4. If they trade up to 10, I think that you're looking at grabbing one or the other. Or sorry, like you get your pick of either or. Whereas you trade up to 11, you're probably looking at your pick or one or the other because there's going to be teams jumping up in front of the Falcons at that point to grab one of the other uh, one of those other guys. So if they stay at 11, they get whoever isn't taken, most likely. But if they trade up to 10, they get their pick of Kinlaw or um, C.J. Henderson. I don't understand how Derek Brown fits into this equation because I don't really see a spot they could trade up for. They're not going to trade up to 7th because... You know, you don't really see uh, those division trades. They could possibly trade up to 8th, but I think Derek Brown will be gone by then because I think he's going to be drafted to the Panthers if Isaiah Simmons isn't there. So i say that the Falcons are probably looking at 3 or 4 and 10 or 11, and depending on which spot they trade up to, you're looking at either Kinlaw and Henderson at 10 or 11 or Okuda and Simmons at 3 or 4. And as a Falcons fan... I'm super, super pumped to see what happens. I think that they get a winner no matter what in that situation. Speaking of the 10th overall pick, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. Like you said, they're looking at moving back and selecting offensive tackle Ezra Cleveland. So we can see them jumping back a bit. Obviously, as we mentioned, Atlanta at 16, definitely a team that they're that they're going to hear some calls from. We'll probably not dive into that too much. Another spot, Denver. Denver's been talking about Henry Ruggs for God knows how long, and if they want him, they're going to have to jump up to that 10th spot, because I think that unless C.D. Lamb's still there, then that's the only reason that the Jets don't take Henry Ruggs, but they're going to have to jump in front of the Jets to most likely get Henry Ruggs. Uh, I mean, they're definitely going to have to jump the Raiders and the um, 49ers, and I don't think either of those teams are moving back, so they're going to probably have to look at 10 for Denver to jump up and grab their guy. Another team, Philly at 21, which is actually a nice segue because we're going to talk about Philly moving up. If the Browns move back to 21, Cleveland will still for sure be there. They'll get a nice haul in exchange for that. And then Philly can move up and have their pick of pretty much any receiver unless C.D. Lamb goes ninth to the Jaguars, which is kind of a possibility. Um, so I think that Philly can move up to 10th with Cleveland. They can move up to ninth with the Jaguars if the Jaguars don't have they don't have their guy there, which I don't think they will. I think the Jaguars are in a kind of a weird spot there where they're not going to get a guy they want, but they'll definitely have a lot of leverage to trade with. 
or the Jets at 11. Once again, the Jets probably are going to look to trade back. They need an offensive tackle badly, but they're really high on C.D. Lamb and Henry Ruggs. So if both of those guys are gone by then, I could see the Jets trading back out. Uh, if, say, like Jacksonville takes the receiver and then uh, Denver trades up, takes Ruggs, uh, the, the Jets are probably going to move out of 11 uh, in that scenario. Even if one of those receivers is still there, the Jets might even trade back because of how badly they need an offensive tackle and a couple more picks. And our final trade rumor, we talked about it already, the Lions trading out of three. We mentioned Atlanta. That's probably the furthest back the Lions will at all trade back. Uh, it would be crazy if the Lions shipped all the way back to 16, grabbed a crap ton of picks. Um, but I think you're probably looking more at uh, the Chargers at six. Uh, like I said, those early rumors were talking about um, the Lions trading back to five or six so they can grab Okuda. They could definitely still do that if they trade back with the Chargers or the Dolphins. And maybe not the Dolphins, because the Dolphins could be looking at a position player, like we said. But if the Chargers trade up, they're taking Herbert, no doubt about it. So you're probably looking more at trading back to six. Even Jacksonville at nine could be moving up if they want to take a quarterback or take a guy like Derek Brown, uh, Jeff Okuda, which, I mean, Detroit probably wouldn't want to happen, or Isaiah Simmons. Uh, I think you might not like what, like I said, you don't probably don't want Jacksonville trading up to nine because then they're going to take Okuda. Uh, if the Lions trade out a spot, out of the spot with anyone but the Chargers, they're probably losing out on Okuda. Um, so they have to be comfortable with that. But their fielding calls, it's looking like it could happen. But the thing is, is Bob Quinn's never traded in the first round. So, I mean, odds are Lions probably do end up staying at three. That's going to do it for today's episode, and um, uh, as the draft season approaches, I will try to get up a few more episodes before that, before we get to the draft. Um, I know that I've taken a bit of a hiatus, but the draft's approaching. We're going to hammer out a couple episodes, and then after that, we're going to just try and do as much recapping as possible. You're going to see a lot of live reactions from me, and um, man, I'm just so pumped for the draft, and I can't cannot wait six days it's like christmas man i'm gonna freaking be staying up all night and shit <sighs> i'm excited so i will catch all of you guys soon and uh i hope you all have a good day